I love you. Welcome back, Couch Potatoes, to a, another special episode. Uh, we're still doing some more uh, historical films to honor uh, Black History Month. Uh, right. Those films that we will be talking about today are 12 Years a Slave, Malcolm X, and Hidden Figures. Uh, I've only actually seen... Now I, I know, I've actually, I've, I saw 12 Years a Slave, uh, but I've also seen Hidden Figures. I've never actually seen Malcolm X, which is... A shocker because i fucking love epics so it's a good i think it's a it's a good epic but uh first we're going to talk about 12 years of slave oh we, we didn't even introduce ourselves uh no, i am the didn't. green traveler i'm so and off the game right now i i am the faceless leon uh and this is a podcast about movies and tv and uh yeah we're doing a little something different this uh this month because uh, we just feel like we kind of we have a voice now. It's a, it's a small voice, and maybe we could use it to help uh, change people's opinions if if they are out there needing to be changed. I don't know. Here we are trying to do what we can. So yeah, t- twelve years a slave, directed by Steve McQueen. Yeah, Steve McQueen. Um, but not, which, the, not the action hero of the 60s. That was That is always confusing. Yeah, I don't know much about this Steve McQueen, but whenever I hear it, I think motorcycles. <laughs> but anyhow, <clears throat> Solomon Northrup. Uh, he was a free man, a musician, who mm. was drugged and kidnapped and then sold into slavery. And drugged and kidnapped in Washington, D.C. In Washington, D.C. Which, I mean, Washington, D.C. is basically in Maryland. It's technically not in any state, but it's basically in Maryland, which I I believe had slavery at the time. It did. It's just, it's just sad that he was a free man in our, in in New York, living a a prosperous life. And he goes there to perform like what a circus or something. That was what they, um, I think the con men were saying. That, I think that's what they enticed him with in the film. I've never yeah. read the book, which watching this again, I think I, I might. I, I feel like they were pretty uh, loyal to the book uh, in the movie, though. And uh, mm-hmm. he gets sold around, which, I mean, just all of, all of the scenes where the industry is taking place is just heart-wrenching. Yeah. This, uh, a very intense film. Yeah, it's hard to watch at times. Yes. It just emo- just emotionally, like, it starts with uh, a young woman, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is the first to uh, purchase Solomon under a, what's the name? He, he Platt? Platt. He, I think it's yeah. Eli He's Platt or something like that. forced into taking the name Platt. And I, I don't know. I don't remember even hearing about a second name. Yeah, it might have just been Platt. Platt. But... Uh, yeah, he's he's forced into that name, and uh, Benedict is the first to offer to buy him, and he also makes an offer for a woman who is there with her kids, but Benedict right. can't afford the kids, so th- like that's the first scene in the, right. the slave trade that you you witness is a mom get taken from her her kids, and it's just it's heart wrenching. It's hard to it watch. Is. There's just uh a lot of that in this film so it is it is hard to watch you know there's definitely scenes that are harder than that even i i mean for example there 
there's a there's several scenes where people are getting beaten and it's visceral and and graphic and i think that it was important for this film to do that to to have it be as as gruesome and as true as possible uh so the viewer can get a perspective i think i said that last time on how hard and how cruel this was for people to go yeah. through yeah and it's it's unflinching and how it how it portrays all of this it you know yeah. it, it just goes for it and there's a there's a scene near the end where uh, we'll get to lupita nyongo but she she comes into the story about halfway through and there's there's a whipping whipping scene where it's just so hard to watch you know and her performance yeah. is so amazing throughout it uh all the performances are amazing but she she's won she won the oscar i believe for best supporting actress and like she deserved it yeah she it, delivered so much on this on this film that it's incredible and yeah. it is just um hard to take in but like i said last time uh, it, it, i think it's important for people to to go through that it's an eye opener is what it is mm. and i think that's important but let's talk about more about this story it is called 12 years a slave so it goes on for 12 years then he is rescued uh, i don't think that's a spoiler to say yeah like there's 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 so much to to experience in this movie i don't think i don't i honestly i think uh maybe knowing that going in might make it a little easier to go into it <laughs> knowing that there yeah, is to sit through that there, there is a, a rescue at the end for him i yeah. think it, might make it an easier pill to swallow but i'm gonna make that pill harder to swallow by saying that that rescue in and of itself is so bittersweet like oh it is it's it is. it's devastating because on you know on the one hand there is he you know he as we've said he he is brought back to freedom but he has to leave so many like people behind who are in like worse situations still than he was. Right. And so, you know, it, 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 the, the story focuses on one man and not on all of, you know, all of the people that he is uh, surrounded by who he goes through uh, this horrible process with. Right. But, you know, even though it just focuses on him, it, you know, his story is amazing and important to to be heard and seen because it's very powerful moving but it's hard to watch knowing that their stories don't go on the same path as his yeah yeah they have to be stuck in this situation they're still under the law owned by another human being who is michael fosbender <laughs> yes which, which is... I, I didn't realize that the first time i watched this when i was younger when it first came out when i was I... younger seven years ago <laughs> Yeah, yeah. How much younger? Back when I was a young buck, able to get around, my knees weren't popping when I bent down. All of the white actors portraying slave owners and participants in this, they do do, they do a good job. They do a good job at making you feel like this is uh, despicable and shouldn't. Yeah. go on especially i i believe paul giamatti that was mm -hmm. the most pissed i've ever been at paul giamatti right i um, like i like their choice of taking big name actors 
as well and making them the ones we hate because yeah. it for me it made it I don't know it made it more prevalent that anybody back in those days could have been these assholes these bastards like that's true but that's that's what I really liked was it took all these people who we do love these actors that are big names and it made them all bastards and they all did a great job at making us hate them and yes there are, there are some though that uh it tried to beautify their yeah uh, their, that i was going to talk about particularly benedict cumberbatch for just a second i i don't want to focus on it too long because i think that we should uh focus on the uh the main characters the heroes of the stories more but uh benedict his name is ford uh he's plantation order owner and he's he does not beat his slaves, at least not in the film. Uh, well, he doesn't personally, <laughs> but his his uh, his overseers they do. If and in particular, yeah. one other character, Paul Dano. Yeah. Okay. From yeah. Uh, from there will be blood. Yes, that's that's the gentleman I'm talking about. He he does not like uh, Solomon because. Solomon is smart and is willing to use his intelligence to make Ford's plantation run smoothly. Solomon's doing this to survive, but this racist fuck doesn't like it just because he doesn't like that uh, a black man is smarter than him. It turns into a point where Paul Daniel, he goes to beat Solomon for, for no reason. And Solomon's mm. just like, no, I'm not going to let this happen. Which gets Solomon into a lot of trouble. And yeah. uh, uh, Ford goes and cuts him down and he's like, I'm trying to save your life right now. This is this is where I think they did the this storyline right. I felt like in, up to this point, they were trying to make Benedict Cumberbatch's character sympathetic, and I didn't quite like that. This moment, he's like, I'm trying to save your life by selling you to a man who I know is cruel to his slaves. Yeah. That is the part where I think the turn, like, because you get to see that he doesn't see that the right thing is to free his slaves. That, that, yeah. that's. He's if you really want to save these people's lives, then you shouldn't be owning them because yeah, I agree. I wasn't on board with Benedict's initial portrayal because it was very beautifying this character. And I was, I wasn't liking that. There's another character who's beautified at the end, Brad Pitt to an extent, but he did produce the film. So yes. uh, But I mean, he also, I, I, yeah, it was, it was a little bit, white saviory maybe yeah um, but he's but, canadian I mean, he yeah he is a canadian he voices that he's against what the uh uh michael fosbender character does for a living but he's still willing to take his money to build a building on his plantation yeah. but he does bring news of solomon to his friends in new york and that is what eventually uh, saves Solomon. Uh, yeah. So that that might be a little bit white savory, but there was 
I don't, I don't feel the same way. And you know, the, the rest of the world might disagree with me and, and maybe we'll, we'll see, uh, <laughs> what the people think. I don't know if they'll agree with me, but I do not, I, I do not feel the same way when they elevate somebody who voices their opinion against slavery. I don't, I don't feel bad about that because they should highlight people who are taking a step against it, but it, it was an impossible situation. It's also a true story. Exactly. It's, it's based off of a novel and I'm sure that's how, again, yeah. I, I feel like it was very fair. I, I haven't read it either. And I feel like it's very loyal. Right. From what and and Solomon Northrup wrote the novel himself. I guess that's really my only issues with the movie. And I don't really have many issues at all because it's well yeah. delivered and well direct, well directed too. like Steve McQueen did a, an amazing job. Yeah, I believe so. I... Performances from uh, Chuetel Asia 4, I believe, yeah. who plays Solomon, and uh, Lupita Nyongo, who I don't remember her character. I think it was Patsy. Patsy is right. Um, yeah. But their, their they, performances are incredible. Like, Yeah, they stand out the most for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and, but my, but my only issues, as I said, I had two of them was. You know, some of the some of the white there's a lot of white characters and they're all A listers. Yeah. So they, they draw a lot of attention just by being A listers, but I, I don't feel like I feel like that was more, which I, I hate to say it too because I don't like it, but I feel like it was more to draw attention to it to get more people in the seats. Yeah, I guess though I do want people to see this film. I think the yeah. parts of it that are beneficial are very beneficial you know mm -hmm. i i feel like it, it is a worthwhile film though i do i do share your reservations about this white a-list cla class yeah. cast excuse me in the in the background yeah yeah i just uh, i just contradicted myself from earlier when i was saying that it's like i liked putting them in there as you know, as yeah. the assholes to make it to make it more prevalent, and then I'm like, oh, actually, now that I think about it, I hate that they're all A-listers too. So, yeah, it, it, I'm it a conundrum. Definitely might draw away from the other characters, but let's talk about Solomon and Patsy a little bit more. And there was also, man, I I hate it because I can't remember uh, her name, but the the mother of the, the that got separated from her children. That yeah. so there was two two stories really that happened on the two different plantations uh that solomon was kind of set up with these women that's kind of how it felt to me anyways uh that not necessarily that the the director was trying to romantically set them up mm -hmm. um but that they were trying to like it was def they were definitely women that solomon was sympathizing with yeah the first woman journey yes the first woman was always mourning her children which i mean how how couldn't you really yeah uh, i'm not a mother nor am i a father <laughs> uh but i i couldn't imagine what that feels like uh, mm -hmm. 
and she's constantly mourning and Solomon, this is the part where I, I, I don't know how I felt about him at this, at this moment, uh, because he, he's basically kind of telling her to buck up, but he, he, he was really, you know, he was like, you shouldn't despair so much. You're not going to survive that way. But she's like, her argument against him is how can you be so emotionless being yeah. separated from your, your family? Uh, and so it's very interesting to see their, their, that those two stories kind of tug and pull at each other. Yeah. And then, and then because she's not doing enough work, I think they get rid of her. They, they sold her. Hmm. I believe that's where the story went. Yeah. I, I, I sympathize with Solomon because he was at a different stage in his grief. He, he was, he had grieved alone in that cell for so long that he he would he had moved on as you said he was looking to survive to get out you know he was right. he was stealing stealing himself to prepare to get back to his kids so i i sympathize with him like i i was also mad that he yelled at her when she was crying but right. i understood where his you know his anger was coming from cuz like you were saying he was trying to get her to steal up too to to be like don't focus on right. uh don't focus on the fact that they're gone focus on finding them yeah, and I think the like another like character reason why Solomon might have reacted that way towards her is that her constant mourning was tugging at him to 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 get to that level of mourning as well. And it was harder for him to steal himself with with that around. I think that mm. might be uh, like I, I in, all in all, I think like Solomon's journey emotionally uh, and, you know, physically that it all wraps up at the end as, as being a thoroughly thought out and sculpted person <laughs> at the end of this story. So I, I don't think that I have any problems with the scene at all. In fact, I really thought mm. that that story could have used more focus, but like we said earlier, it's a true story. It's it's mm. Solomon's account of what happened after he's separated from from that plantation in general. He has no more control over who he is able to interact with. Mm. So that story does kind of just go away. I and you know maybe there, I don't know how long his memoir was. Maybe there yeah. is more in the book with those characters. That'd be interesting to me. Yeah, I would. I, I would. You know, it it is kind of like torn apart the story, but I would say it it doesn't go away. It just becomes the foundation for how he grows through what he right. encounters with uh, Patsy's character, or well, Patsy, Lupita yeah. Nyong'o, because that's yeah. you know after after their story after his story with the mother ends, he goes on to. He he gets sold to Michael Fosbender, and that's where he meets Patsy. Yeah, and Patsy, Patsy is Michael Fosbender's character considers Patsy his prize, which you know is gross. She does go out in the uh, and outpicks everyone in the field, and he also is physically attracted to her, Michael Fosbender's character, uh, which leads to just she just goes through more abuse than any other character on that plantation because the wife 
also hates her because she draws the eye of her husband. And the, the wife's played by Sarah Paulson, and she is just so cruel. Like, there's yeah. there's a scene, like, many times, I think there's a couple scenes where Fosbender wakes up his, uh, wakes them all up to dance for his wife because, like, she can't sleep or something. And so, it, you I know, know, it's... <laughs> Solomon Solomon's just playing the fiddle and everybody has to dance and it, she always takes her aggression out on Patsy because of her husband's attractions and it's it's so hard to watch how she she attacks Patsy. Yeah, it's just it's there she has she has some of the most disturbing scenes for me. When she threw that crystal whiskey bottle at at her, my god. Like I like I didn't even see it coming. Like I really thought she was gonna pour herself a drink. Even this time yeah. watching, this is the second time I watched it. I totally forgot about it. And she just mm. swipes it off the mantle and then chucks it right at Lupita. And you're like, what? What the? Fuck? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And you know, everyone in the room does that as well. But then you know they they have to keep on dancing. And it's 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 so hard to talk like to to watch you know it's important to watch but it's also you know it's hard to talk about as uh, two white men it's just it's an experience that we will never understand or uh, properly appreciate right. and this this movie is you know I think it's essential viewing I mean despite the A list uh, cast I I do think that Asia Four and Lapita. I believe that they are both, partially thanks to this film, both becoming what, you know, I think the general public would consider A-list actors. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, us. Yeah, the second us. Jordan Field film. Yeah, and, and also, I I just, honestly, everything I've seen her in so far, <laughs> I loved. I, I don't remember what it's called. There's this Hulu movie. Um, I think it's called Little Monsters. I'm not entirely sure if that's correct, but she plays a uh, like kindergarten teacher, and then there's a zombie attack, and she has to pretend it. She's <laughs> awesome. Nice. Uh, it's amazing. I will be happy to see more from really all the cast members that we haven't really talked about too much. It, it does kind of seem like it is very much solomon's view Mm -hmm. and it just it does seem like though many of the black characters really aren't focused on besides patsy the mother character which the three of them i feel like are really the ones who are focused on the most and i do think that's kind of a little sad but i also it's, it's sad but i think it reflects just the nature of being a slave because they're sold so often you're you're torn apart from everybody so many times that like you don't really get the chance to know people and and those were the few people that you know that he clung to to ground his journey to help him keep from like going insane from from revolting and not surviving so it's like it is it's definitely sad i do wish they were touched upon more but like when his when his story ends with them you just don't hear you don't see how their story ends oh man especially patsy's yeah like the last thing you see of her is watching solomon go away and she she faints yeah i was bawling during that scene i was just like this is so bad so sad uh there's i feel like there's one scene that i want to like 
one scene in particular that I want to keep for just the the audience members when they go to view it. But it, it is one of the most visceral scenes. And I think that scene in particular was my biggest takeaway from this film both times was just mm-hmm. how much pain and cruelty that people were willing to do to other people yeah. just astounds me. Disregard, I think, is the word I'm looking for for just another human's life is mm-hmm. just crazy. But I don't know. I think we did we're... talk about this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely uh, definitely give it four stars. And as I said, it's it's essential viewing. Like, you have to go out and watch this. Right. Oh, I, I, I forgot to mention, though, I did have my other issue. I said I had two issues. The second issue was with the music. Uh, it's it's scored by Hans Zimmer again, and there's so many pieces that sound like they were taken straight from his Inception soundtrack. Oh, that really? I couldn't. Yeah, there's there's so many like the sad. It's I it's just the sad like. Uh, I don't know what the instrument is, but it's just it's like there's a lot of violin, which I I yeah, liked because because Solomon was a, a violinist. Yeah, it is the violin pieces because they sound like they're the the theme from Inception, which oh, really? not when Solomon was playing, but only only the background violin right. score. Right. I just I just remember from Inception. Yeah, I know. That's all that everybody remembers. I listened to the soundtrack so much though that I was when I was watching this, I'm like, did he really just? Did he not come up with his own score for this? He just. And, and I, I believe that's obviously I don't I, I think he did come up with his own score. It's just very, right. very familiar that I'm just like, right. well, mm. you write so many scores. I feel I like know. variation after a time is going to get hard. But anyways, what's uh, let's move on to Malcolm X. Oh, wait, I didn't actually do my closing statement. It's a, definitely a full face movie. I would say that. Yeah, like you're saying, it's an essential viewing, but. You you gotta be ready to watch this movie. You gotta be prepared up front that it is daunting, I will say, to mm-hmm. take in uh that that level of I don't know. It's it is on some form of catharsis and I think it's necessary for us as a society to recognize exactly what it is that was done to people under the law and, and yeah. why it's so so wrong. So let's move on to Malcolm X. The epic biographical drama uh, directed by Spike Lee uh, and starring Denzel Washington. I wanted to I wanted to know up front. I haven't actually seen this movie before. I, I mentioned that, and part of the reason is because even though I love Denzel Washington, I think he's one of the greatest actors out there. He's one of those actors that is so popular for me that. I can't watch a movie without seeing Denzel Washington. Kind of like Nick Cage, though that's a different kind. Well, I mean, it's it's different. It's a little different because it's like I, I see the characters of Nick Cage. They're all just crazy. Yeah, they're just all fast. Yeah, with, with Denzel, I see the character, but I, I, I just see Denzel. It's like Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, no matter who he's playing, I just see Ben Affleck. That's a different story here. He disappeared into this role. Like he, he became Malcolm X. It was so good. I was gonna say, man, I, I do not feel that way for this particular film, but 
yeah, this is this is one of the few where I just like I watched it and I saw the character that Denzel was that he wanted to be seen. I didn't see Denzel, and I was so happy because I love him. He's such a good actor that I was finally like, yes, I could enjoy a Denzel performance and not just see Denzel. And that's just me. That's you know, there's some actors who are just I don't know. They're just too they're too familiar. Yeah, too familiar, I guess. I don't know. It's just, I, I only see them. I don't see what they're trying to put forth. Huh. But but here it's different. Here is, here's Malcolm X's life told from... Yeah, I think he did a fabulous job. Yeah, he, he really did. And it's told from the beginning of like his teenage years, or just after, to his uh, assassination. Right. And... It, it has hit him as a little baby, too. Yeah. And I love these epic biopics. I don't know why I never came out to, or like try to watch this. I don't. I mean, it was not really on TV either. For it what came I out, I think, the year I was born. Yeah, just before I was born, ninety-two. Uh, but if but the basic crux is is he gets into crime early on. You know, he's a thief, and right. he plays a numbers game with Archie, this big. Yeah. A numbers man, a gambler guy out of what was it in New York or was it, it Harlem? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was in Harlem, New York. But yeah, yeah. Delroy Lindo plays uh, yes West Indian Archies, what they called him. And he never wrote things down. You don't you don't question his memory. You know, he right. he had a repta repta pulled, and Malcolm was a uh, a young and ambitious man. He was you know he was. He'd taken under Archie's guidance really early on, and his his confidence in himself, Malcolm's that is, kind of grew beyond his, well, his ego grew beyond his confidence. No, something along those lines. Uh, yeah, well, he got a big ego. He got yeah too big for his pants. Uh, yeah, and he he questioned, he questioned Archie on he you know he he believed he had made a bet, and Archie was like. I don't remember you having those numbers. And just because Malcolm had questioned him, as Archie said, his rep was on the line, he had a he had to act. And that meant death threats. That meant that meant uh Malcolm's life was at stake. So he had a he had a run with his girlfriend and his sidekick Shorty, uh who's played by Spike Lee, the director. Right. Uh, which I didn't I I love Spike Lee, and like that was watching him, <laughs> watching him throughout this movie was. Yeah, I really like Shorty. Shorty is a really fun character. I'm glad it was included. I don't know if it is a real life character or somebody that oh. uh, Spike Lee created so that he could be friends with Malcolm X, which that's cool in itself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Worth. Worth taking on the project all of it in, in, in and of itself yeah. for Spike, but they they run, they they flee from Archie's jurisdiction, and I can't remember what gets him caught. Uh, to to avoid Archie, he left New York, went to Chicago, and then he and Shorty and their white girlfriends start robbing all of Chicago, and they get caught and they were all first offenders so the white women they got off with a slap on the wrist but they had yeah. but shorty and malcolm they had to do i think eight consecutive sentences of 10 years no they, they were given uh 10 
they had so many different violations that the judge was putting on them. He, you right. know, he was like eight to ten years for this crime, eight to ten years for this right. crime, eight to ten years for this crime, and he's like, all those are to be served concurrently, which means at the same time. Yeah, and Shorty didn't know what that meant, so Shorty like passed out, and Malcolm right. was laughing in prison. Uh, that's where he meets Baines, played by Albert Hall, who. Uh, it teaches him about the Nation of Islam. Founded by Wallace Froud Muhammad, and Elijah Muhammad was his successor. Froud disappeared in 1934. Hmm. And uh, Elijah Muhammad, played by Al, Al Freeman Jr., uh, he comes in, co- comes in later. But Baines basically teaches about the teachings of his honorable Elijah. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, that's where you know that's where Malcolm starts to to come into his own, where he starts to research, uh, you know, the teachings. He he reads the Oxford Dictionary. He like translates the whole dictionary. Right. It, it, it's where his his view on life is just questioned in its entirety. You know, like uh, Baines points out the definitions. You know how how uh, white people have shaped the English language. You know, and right. he points out in the in the in the dictionary is like. Here's how white is represented, and it was a bunch of good and, you know, holy and innocent purity. and that kind of stuff. Yeah, purity, and then Gross. black is represented as dark and, yeah, it's it's vile, villainous, and it's just it, his whole life is questioned. That's when he starts to just become a voice for the nation of Islam. You know, when he gets out of prison, when he's uh, I don't remember if he was released early or if he served all eight years but when when he gets out he becomes a voice for the nation of islam and right a spokesperson you know a very famous and uh, powerful spokesperson that he gets a lot of televised time and he's very vocal he's a great right. speaker so he's you know he's he's getting a lot of ears and this this movie goes into that beautifully like at times a little too dramatically like it definitely is more of a biopic a dramatic biopic but i preferred that this is what i want from harriet for harriet tubman oh yeah i want a movie with this kind of scope this is the scope i I want to get watched a three and a half hour movie of that right that that yeah that is important to note this movie is three and a half hours long or maybe just under three and a half but i had to watch it in three different sittings because i have a very tight schedule Right. And I could not commit this whole movie to one night. It was just, even though I wanted to, there was, you know, I had to, whenever I had to turn it off, I was like, fuck, I don't want to, I want to keep watching. But it is a long movie. You have to prepare yourself for that. Yeah. But that, that, I mean, that, that kind of becomes the story is, uh, once he becomes the spokesperson for the Nation of Islam, he meets his wife, played by Angela Bassett. They have kids, he, he grows a family, and he starts, you know, because of how vocal he is, his family comes under attack from society. You know, people sending him hate mail, hate, you know, death threats over the phone, which is constantly ringing, and yeah. Betty, Betty X is... Betty Shabazz, but uh, Shabazz is the name, I think, that Malcolm takes on after he leaves the nation of islam yeah she she's just struggling with the amount of hatred that is focused on her and her family and you know it's weighing on malcolm too he you know he's very 
he's out in the public eye so much, but at the same time, you know, we get those glimpses once he's once he's private, once he's in his alone area, within his hotels and everything. How how much it's getting to him? You know, his paranoia over the threat on his life, the the consequences of statements he's made that were just kind of off the cuff, like he didn't. A lot of times, it doesn't seem like he's planning to be controversial with what he's saying controversial for the time but it just it comes out and you know there's a statement he makes what with uh jfk's assassination that it, you know it just it it made people so mad that you know the nation of islam was like i have to or elijah muhammad was said i have to give you 90 days of silence you can't right. talk to cameras you know he's he's like yeah you can't be the spokesperson for 90 days and you know, it's like I don't know if any of that was premeditated. I I do believe it's what he, he intended to say and what he meant, but right. It just it that. always came across. Yeah, it just came across as just off the cuff. You know, it, kind of just like a spur of the moment statement that got more attention than he expected it to. Maybe right. I I do believe this movie does a, a good job of showing at the end of the movie uh, that he didn't necessarily he did not necessarily believe the controversial things that he was saying at the end of his life but when he was in Mm. the nation of islam he wholeheartedly believed what he said and like you said he Mm -hmm. he 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 meant to say it but like i i think i can agree and say that maybe he said some things that he should not have said and i think the fully developed Mal- uh, Malcolm X at the end of the movie would agree with you that he probably mm-hmm. said some things that he he wishes he didn't. This isn't as heart wrenching to watch as Twelve Years a Slave, but there are so many unflinching looks into Malcolm X's life. Right. You know they they present it they present it very well. They don't always make him out to be. You know, the, the, I mentioned it when I can't remember which biopic we were talking about, but I mentioned how the biopics that take so much to focus on only the good and right. never focus on the the negatives of the character those kind of bore me because they don't, they don't seem realistic because we know everybody has a uh, negative moments in their life right. or negative yeah. sides to their personality presents all the facets of malcolm x and you know, it's based off of his autobiography which was uh related to alex haley i, I think alex haley uh, compiled it in, in written form and you know I read that a long time ago and this is like this watching this movie I, I want to pick it back up and read it again because there is yeah. such a unique and interesting life here and feel like he gets overshadowed by so many other popular names of the time like, he, he had a, a lot of twists and turns in his life I mean even in this in this movie alone like the first hour plays like a gangster movie I mean that, yeah because that was his life he was he was kind of I would say a little crazy. He, he, at the very least, was not afraid to die, which is a line that he mm-hmm. even says in the movie, which I, you got to be a little bit crazy to, to, to feel that way, I think. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, um, true. But I think that lack of a fear to die does really play into the end of the movie when he gets mm-hmm. assassinated. Like Denzel, I, don't, I, you know, I haven't seen footage of it, or if there is footage of it, I don't know. But it, when Denzel Washington is facing down those gunmen, he puts on a, a t- 
little tiny touch of a smile. Like he knew yeah. something bad was going to happen. He did it because he believed that it was a time of martyrs and he was willing to do that uh, for the cause of equality. Mm-hmm. And, I, and at the end, I, I don't think I let you get to the point where it, I think I just kept on inferring that eventually he does leave the nation of Islam because he has yeah. disagreements with Elijah Muhammad because Elijah Muhammad has been abusing his power to sleep with women. Yeah. Uh, at least that is what is inferred. I, I mean, it was in the newspapers and stuff, but, you know, I they're also, no. you know, the FBI in this era we're doing a lot of things to to fuck with people's yeah. lives so it could have been it could have been that too i i don't know they don't they don't really yeah. show that angle but it could have been I, I don't know. yeah what else is there to talk about with this film it's yeah it's another one that i think is i don't know if it's a central viewing but i would say i, I highly recommend it i do highly recommend uh, this if you're interested in who malcolm x was i would say you definitely should watch it i mean it's kind yeah. of a one-stop shop for that i mean you get his mm-hmm. his whole lifespan in there um I, I think if you want to learn more about like what he stood for that's kind of hard to pin down because his opinions changed and i think that's kind of important to talk about about this film is at the yeah it, when he was a part of the nation of islam and the nation of islam as a whole they view white people as as the devil and uh you know i i I think I understand that view. I'm sure I don't, <laughs> but <laughs> I I think I understand like, you know, if you had been oppressed and your ancestors had been oppressed by a group of people, I'm sure it'd be pretty easy to be like, yeah, they're the devil. And I think mm-hmm. that anybody sh- would really kind of agree with you unless they're part of that group of people, which, which I am, but I think that we did some heinous heinous yeah. things back in the day our, our our ancestors so i think that's a fair view anyhow once mm-hmm. he separates himself from the nation of islam he goes on a pilgrimage and when he's there in mecca he meets several white blonde hair blue eyed uh muslims so if allah yeah. can can uh, accept everyone as his children then that's what he then believes that needs to happen in america is that everybody has to work together to be yeah and what helped that view was like being at mecca there was so much tolerance there right everybody was like nobody viewed him as a black man they viewed him as a muslim as a brother and he you know he felt that acceptance and and i like that you know it's just i don't know it's it's a great story watching him develop from right what he was at the beginning this youth uh you know snapping and dancing in the in the sidewalk <laughs> that i love that scene where they're yeah they're in their uh they're, they're, i don't remember those the suits those, i think uh, they're called zoot suits was it a zoot suit yeah okay i knew that I, I know that term I, I actually never knew what a zoot suit was but yeah that scene is he goes from that to this bearded minister right and it's you know it's it's an incredibly uh interesting journey to watch yeah it's a very good very good journey like i I really liked the chapel scene where he was trying to make the the chaplain uh realize that jesus had color uh yeah he he quotes scripture 
even where it says, uh, I don't, I'm not going to get it exactly right, but he says, when I say scripture, there's several scriptures. He quotes the Bible hmm. and, and hmm. saying that uh, Jesus had woolly hair and uh, skin the color of bronze. Yeah. That's, that's not a white person like all the portraits say <laughs> yeah that is a fun scene because uh i feel like that's one of those scenes that ends just a little too early because they don't really show the chaplain's response he's just kind of dumbfounded he, he's just like oh <laughs> uh, he says that is interesting that's what he says yeah and that's, if, if he's convinced just, yeah. if he's convinced we will never know but um this right. this this going out to all americans listening now um and, and i guess all white uh, believers in christ he was not white i it doesn't matter i'm sorry he wasn't white sorry everybody <laughs> I, but it's it's just how it is it's 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 the fact yeah and you know in scripture and in just reality from what we've <laughs> from from the people yeah, of that even, region that we know yeah even with like what we were taught like i went to a pretty pro- progressive church but still all of our paintings of jesus were pretty much white people and all like the sunday school videos and shit like that thanks and, italian popes <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyways that's all i'm gonna say about that because <laughs> we're talking about malcolm x uh do you got anything else you want to talk about this this movie i mean there's so many good things really and really oh, like yeah, the acting is just really superb elevated too um and like the epic scope really just makes it feel like three different movies and i i love that about yeah this. and i mean yeah that's i think that's my closing statement is uh the epic i i want to see more you know as i said with harriet Tubman, i want to see her yeah. presented in an epic like this you know i want people with this kind of character this kind of magnificence behind them right i think an epic is deserving of their biopic and spike lee killed it you know this is an amazing yeah, movie right. uh you know again it's it's not as heart-wrenching as 12 years a slave but it is as important i would say in regards to uh malcolm x and you know i give it i give it four stars it's you know, highly recommended and damn i feel like there was something i was gonna say but now it's just it keeps escaping me that's what i gotta say go see that and also go see uh go see spike lee's other movie to five bloods it's on netflix came out last year uh i have yet to see that i highly recommend that i really enjoyed that one well maybe we'll do that sometime yeah i gotta say uh i i actually would put this movie pretty high up on my like best 100 list or something like that i mm-hmm. really enjoyed this movie this is probably this is the second time i watched it this year um i i watched it wait 2021 huh oh i guess yeah <laughs> it's not the second alone? time i watched it in 2021 you're right you're right god damn it's what it's it's february 7th when we're recording this it's cold as hell <laughs> yeah it's i, I need to get outside. familiar with the fact that it's 2021 i gotta get on the ball uh so <laughs> you don't write the date as much i don't no i i am living at home uh, i hope you're living at home yeah <laughs> no she <laughs> yeah. working at home is what i meant to say um anyways i've watched this twice within a year not mm. the same year within a year's time and 
I would watch it a third time. There's just so there's just so much to this movie. Uh, it's yeah. it's it's really good. So go see it. Full face movie. Denzel Washington lost the Best Picture to Al Pacino for some movie I've never seen or heard of. So the fuck even. The fuck. <laughs> so you, you you mean Spike Lee for the best movie or for Best Actor? Best actor. Denzel Sorry. Best actor. Yeah. Yeah. What was Al Pacino in in '92 that that could have been better than this? I don't, I don't know. I've never even heard of it. I, like I saw it and I was like, "Hmm, I did not win." Whatever. Snub. Just it's just like the Oscars, man. Their history is gross. Yeah. I think maybe we should move on then. I I, w- I do wish that we could talk more about the Malcolm X movie because I really did uh, enjoy it, but. We should move yeah. on to um, Hidden Figures. Indeed. Saw this opening day when it came out. Hey, we did. Back in 2016. We did do that. Oh, good old days. When we would just go to movie theaters and watch movies when they came out. Not no more. Maybe maybe again. <laughs> sometime. Maybe soon. We're closing in on a full year for me not being at the theaters. I think by the end of February it'll be a whole year where I haven't gone to a movie theater. But what about Tenet? that is for me. Well, that was at a drive-in. It feels different. And we did go see Jaws and uh, Jurassic Park. Also at the drive-in. It feels different, though. Okay. All right. All right. I'll give it to you. Hidden Figures. Um, I I wanted to pick this movie also because I like um, our space history as well. I just think it's entirely uh, uh, interesting. And I think that this film is, you know, uh, it fits into our agenda for what we're trying to do here. And um, I think it's kind of interesting that we picked out, we did not do this on purpose, but we picked out a a movie in, in the slave era, the civil rights era, and then a movie that depicted people in the workplace. And uh, this particular movie is about uh, three, I'll call them heroes, uh, who were... I mean, they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're heroes. Uh, they, <clears throat> they helped us put our nation, that is the U.S., put people into space. This being Katherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughn, and Mary Jackson. Uh, they are the mm-hmm. highlighted heroes, and in the film, at least, they are best friends. They work at NASA, and they deal with the segregation they're in, and you know they do their job. They they put a man yeah. they put a man in the space to orbit Earth is the big focus mission of this movie, and mm-hmm. Dorothy Vaughn ends up being lead supervisor for the ibm that they have which is just a huge supercomputer she's like one of the few people who knows how to do it (laughs) and she taught herself yeah that's the beauty of this movie is like watching them teach themselves this right because nobody's gonna give them a chance otherwise like that's one of the great one of my favorite scenes is uh i mean dorothy is my favorite figure in this film too mainly because i love octavia spencer she is she's pretty cool just a brilliant actor i love her and but but she she learns that there you know this electronic computer is going to come in that's going to do equations faster than all of her ladies that work as computers for nasa right so she 
you know, she goes to the library, she goes to the white section, which, you know, she gets yelled at for, and takes a book from out of there that teaches her how to operate right. this computer. And is, you know, just like she starts reading it to her kids, you know, because she's like, well, I'm going to learn. My kids are going to learn. You know, I'm going to set everybody up. And, yeah, and she doesn't do it just for herself. Once, once the people realize, uh, once the, the white technicians realize that she is much better and understands this uh, machine better than them, they're like, right. all right, we're going to hire you. And she's like, not without all my women, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. This need, this needs a team of people to run. That's how complicated, not to say that computers are necessarily less complicated. They're just more compact mm-hmm. and don't require as much uh, maintenance and uh, manual knobby do's mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, but <laughs> she needed a team. So she brought, everybody that same room that the other two main characters started into just doing the mathematics to now doing the computer science and yeah it's mm-hmm. great it's a great storyline it, yeah it's incredible I, I love her character just because she's just like it's not just about me it's about everybody right you know she she does have a moment where she's uh where you where you see the effect of watching uh, Taraji P. Henson and Janelle Monae's character, uh, Catherine Johnson and Mary Jackson. Jackson, thank you. Where she, you know, those two have gone off. They're, they've they've left her her computer room where she was right. the supervisor of those ladies. They've they've moved up, as it were, and she's watching them succeed and you know continue on. And you do see that how that kind of weighs on her, where she's just like, I, I built these women up, and now they're moving on. But she doesn't let it weigh on her for a long time because she, right. you know, she immediately, she immediately just re- reverts back to no, I'm just gonna help everybody out. I've, I've helped them take their first steps. Now I'm gonna help all these ladies take their steps with right. me. Right. And God, I, I just love her story. It's it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Um, opening up in the movie, the they're having, they're having car trouble on the way to Langley, mm-hmm. and she out of the three of them knows how to work on cars which like uh you know i i mean you know any one of them any person really yeah. can ha- learn that skill i would say to an extent mm-hmm. um not everybody can be a t- talented ma- uh, mechanic but yeah i don't know shit about cars. it's it is not rocket science which they do do in this movie <laughs> um <laughs> You said do do again. I did say do do again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's just her personality. You, you know, she's a single mom of. Well, I guess she's not single. Sorry, she they do yeah, show her she, husband. Yeah, she's. Married. That, I mean, that's that's another thing I like about this movie. Just to take a little sidestep is they introduce all of their romantic interests, but they don't focus on the romantic interests. It's about their right integrity at their jobs. You know, it's right. about just their integrity as people really that's just a, that's just a facet of their character development that isn't that doesn't steal away from the story that this movie's focusing on i really like that I, I will say that they um they do go into her relationship with uh colonel jim johnson uh a little bit oh Kath- yeah catherine's uh, yeah but that that's it yeah the the other two are are in you know established relationships where she's a widow so and they 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 try to set her up with with uh jim johnson who is a good man uh when they first introduce him he puts his foot way (laughs) up his mouth 
uh like saying yeah. you'd think that would be a bit too rigorous for a woman but talking about like the mathematics they're mm-hmm. in charge of and then she just spouts out uh, like this long sentence of things that she does for nasa that he just does, has mm-hmm. no idea what she's talking about <laughs> right yeah she puts him in his place real fast yeah, real and, fast uh, he's played so. by yeah He's played by Mahershala Ali, yeah. who, you know, he's another actor that I just love. Yeah, he's uh, definitely I'm on really, the rise, I feel like. Uh, yeah, he's got and some I'm enjoying that stuff. rise. Yeah. But uh, with Dorothy, though, is you get the idea that she taught herself how to work with cars because she might have had one breakdown on right. her when she was exactly. getting somewhere. And was like, well, this is my problem. I'm going to fix this right, right now. Nobody's Nobody is going to help me get through this. And the longer I'm on the road... The worse off it could be, which that brings me to a police officer comes up and at first seems like he's going to harass them until Mary Jackson explains <laughs> that they work for NASA and that they're late for work. And then there's this great yeah. scene where he's like, let me escort you. And she is just <laughs> bumper to bumper with him. And I don't know if this is like a real life fact. Probably not. Just probably just for this movie. But she was like bumper to bumper yeah. with him and she says, I'm chasing the police right now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was, uh, you know, maybe a little dark, but it was it was funny. <laughs> yeah, I do feel that is one of the things with this movie is it does try to appeal to the white audience quite heavily. There's, you know, the Kevin Costner's character is a white savior without a doubt. Al, Al Harrison and... is the character's name who mm-hmm. is not a real life person i i found out uh he's a composite okay. of three different directors who were there during katherine johnson's time which she was there for a long mm-hmm. time so yeah and and again i don't you know i we've mentioned this every time we talk about a period piece i'm not a historian i don't know right it, it, accuracy of films that too well but i did read that some of the segregation that is presented in this film wasn't as bad at NASA yeah. as it is presented. Like Catherine Johnson, I guess, has said that you know she she would from the start. There, there's a long theme through this film of her running across the the compound to use the, her bathroom because there was no bathroom for her or for black people at the West End. Uh, the West the West side of campus was where the the uh, the computers were. So the East End had no bathroom for black people, right? And I guess, I guess from from what I from what I read, Catherine Johnson said she, that she just used the white bath, you know, the bathroom right. for everybody from the get go. Uh, what what I read right before we started was that uh, she she said there definitely was some segregation. She she knew it was mm-hmm. there, but she never felt segregated. She was just she was just able to go in and do her her job, and she yeah. worked with other people. Yeah, everybody was just there to get a person to the space. Right. Yeah, so they were there to do their focused mission. on their jobs, and and that is true. There there definitely was segregation, and it, that is such a big part of the story that I guess wasn't real. It was very embellished. Right. And but I I, Which, I liked it because it it yeah. it was a it was a. You know, it was a powerful scene when it when it finally comes to fruition where you know where she confronts her supervisor uh al harris al. kevin costner whatever yeah. his name is um where she just you know she confronts him and everybody else too about making her use a different coffee cup a different coffee pot mm-hmm. 
that she has to yeah make herself and and censoring all of the data that they're giving to her making yeah making her job harder for no reason yeah yeah and it's just like that's a great scene when she when she finally just unleashes all of that on them and they all realize yeah we are bastards <laughs> you know and but that but that is again as I was as I started saying with at the very beginning is that's one of the issues with this film is it does it tries to appeal to that white audience quite heavily at times and for me on you know the first time I watched it when I was far more ignorant I really enjoyed this film just right. wholeheartedly I thought it was great right. and I still do think it's great but watching it a second time I realized how many white savior moments there are that they give Al yeah yeah a, a character that they made up really yeah and it just it just kept weighing on me as as, a, as the movie progressed there i'm just like can we stop like yeah <laughs> let's focus on these three women again like they, they do so well at focusing on them that those moments feel really out of place yeah and and the like you mentioned there's that moment where she finally rec- confronts everybody in the room uh soaking wet because she ran across across campus in the rain to use the bathroom uh, which Always that was is. a really powerful scene and then the next scene is kevin costner knocking down uh the sign that says colored women over the restroom that she'd been using and he's like mm-hmm. there will be no more colored restrooms no more white restrooms just regular old restrooms and yeah that that scene definitely did feel ha- had the the taste of white savior on it but i mm-hmm. Like when I did first watch this film, I did feel like, yeah, good for him for for sticking up mm-hmm. for what he believed in. Because to a certain extent, that's what we have to do as a nation is is stick up for each other. Yeah. But in in film and media, especially if you're going so far as to make some of it up, we have to. I think we have to see the black heroes succeed for themselves another moment even is uh you know the company starts downgrading certain areas once they get closer to the mission time right and one of those downgrades is they basically just demote katherine johnson back to the to the computers with right. uh, dorothy and after she basically invented the math yeah after she did everything after she you know she she's the one who put confidence in john glenn in the movie at least i don't again don't know the historical accuracy but john glenn who's i don't remember who portrays him but yeah he does a great job but he finds confidence in the mission when she performs a mathematical equation in front of them and like solves all their answers right while doing it and it's it's a it's a great and fun scene and you know you have all these people in the room who are just like holy shit that's you know it was like an aha moment where they're like that's the the missing puzzle piece for everybody I do like how they focused on her genius in general throughout the film. Mm-hmm. I, I like yeah. those small moments where she got to show off a little bit, even though she wasn't necessarily like trying to show off. She just knew how to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Just because you mentioned him, Glenn Powell played John Glenn. Gotcha. And, and that's another white savior moment though, is when she gets demoted, the only reason she gets brought back is because, John Glenn's like, I'm not, you know, he's like, we're going to call a delay unless you have Catherine Johnson double check the math on everything. Right. And figure out what's the right point of entry. He did call and... her the, that girl, though. <laughs> yeah. But yes, he he was he was only going to be confident if if she 
double checked the numbers mm-hmm. and then when she when she runs the data down to uh nasa you know to whatever you call it nasa headquarters when sure. she runs the data down there they they close the door on her they, they take the folder out of her hands shut the door and she just left there like okay i just did all the work and you're gonna leave me out of it again yeah and then kevin costner opens the door for her and he's like come on in and it's just yeah. like all right guys yeah but but sorry to sorry to focus on that so much i that's I actually didn't want to focus on that as much as I did, but that is that is one of my negative issues with this film. To focus on the ladies more, to get back to them, I feel like we've talked a lot about Catherine and well, we haven't talked enough about Catherine. I feel like but we talked a lot about Dorothy. Sure. Not much about Mary. Not much. Uh, Mary Jackson's story is just as interesting because yes. she's uh, trying to become an engineer. Right. And like not only the first black engineer, but the first. I think even the first female engineer for NASA, like they, hmm. I, I don't believe that there was one before her. I could be misspeaking. But when she enters there, you know, she finds more acceptance in the engineering department because it's run by a Jewish French guy, I believe. Uh, he's Polish. Polish. Who, who had to flee his country during World War II. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, he's just a little more understanding of her situation. He's very encouraging of her, going to you know to to get into college because she's denied the engineer's engineer's position because she doesn't have the proper degree yeah even though a lot of white people have gotten in without the degrees that she has to get right uh but that that's that's their way they of denying her to be like well yeah they yeah, just changed, yeah, they changed the rules yeah, yeah, fucking fuck kirsten dunst in yeah, this movie i really like, hate <laughs> her in this part. i mean which i mean she did her job so whatever Yep. Uh, uh, but Carl Zelensky is is the the character you're talking about, the Polish engineer guy. Yes. Yeah. He is, and he's a fun character. Again, not not too heavily focused on. Pause there. That the the focus remained on Mary's story, and she goes to a judge to to talk uh, like to get her uh, plea to enter into the schools to get the the proper degree, even though it's a segregated school. Right. You know, she goes there and she, she just straight up talks him into being like, yep, I'm going to let this woman go through because I want to be the first person to have let this happen, which like for him, for his perspective, he's like, yeah, I get to be the white savior in this moment for her. She's like, I'm going to convince this judge. So so <laughs> I still feel like, yeah, I feel like her her angle on that story was definitely not white savior because it was all her. It was all her yeah. being super charismatic and convincing him. Yeah, using her. Yeah, using all of her wits and all of her, yeah. her guile to to get her goal accomplished. Right. And I agree. I agree. It, it definitely felt more like her accomplishment. Even though he is the one who gives her the pass. Right. She's the one who succeeded in convincing him. Right. And... I, I do wish that there was one more scene with the Zelensky guy uh, because it felt like there was only really two scenes with him and her and their relationship was really interesting. And, and I never got that feeling that Zelensky wanted to be this white savior character for her. I, I think, I think he was always under the impression that she was the right person for the job. So I like that relationship and I kind of wish there was one more scene with the two of them working together just because I liked that relationship. But it wasn't 
the focus was not on that relationship. It was on the success of these three women. So I, I think that in Mary's story in particular, they did a pretty good job of making her the victor in the story. Mm-hmm. Whereas, unfortunately, Catherine Johnson's story had Al. Al. Which, you know, I don't think mm-hmm. Kevin Costner did a bad job. He, he did a good job. It's just no, yeah, we yeah. don't I don't think we need that storyline anymore. If we ever needed it, yeah. I don't think we did. I think it could have been skipped over. I think, though, to some extent, some white people needed that example to be like, yeah. hey, I can do more. But we, as our modern moviegoers, I think we're done with it. We're tired of it. We want to see the black heroes succeed on their own. Yeah, we just need to, we need to keep focusing on unsung heroes, too. Because one of the big takeaways back in 2016 when I watched this was, yeah, I, I was never taught about these three women. Yeah, I wasn't taught. Well, I mean, I, to be on, to be fair, I wasn't taught about any of the mathematicians behind the right. the space race. But these are three women who had powerful stories. You know, I really appreciate seeing these stories brought to life. It brings more detail to something that I already loved. Right. That now I'm more encouraged to go in and explore further. You know, I want to learn more about everybody involved and not right. just about, you know, Neil Armstrong for walking on the moon for the first time or, you know, JFK for his his uh, presidency and the, delivering us there. I want I want more focus on people like Katherine Johnson and Dorothy right. and uh, Mary. Me too. Just because you mentioned you want more stories like that, there is this, I don't remember what the docuseries is called, but on Netflix there's this docuseries on the challenger i recommend people to see that too they do a really good job of focusing on each individual person uh that were a part of that crash uh, as a very diverse crew which was something that nasa was very proud of and uh the the <clears throat> the astronaut program at that time was accepting civilians training them uh for you know the Hmm. civilians to the like they all had different minor specialties and they were training them to be astronauts so that the the program could be more inclusive and then also they had this teacher who was trained to a lesser extent to do lessons in the, in in space that's not what yeah. this story was about but i do think it has a good focus on characters that our our media don't necessarily focus on very much yeah I'll have to check that out. I don't know. Are we ready for closing statements on Hidden Figures? I think, you know, I think we talked about what we need to talk about for it. Why don't you go ahead? Yeah? Yeah. Again, I, I really think that I highly recommend this. Yeah. I don't think it is as good as the first two films we talked about. I agree. I give it three and a half stars. It just has it just has those few flaws that I've already mentioned, specifically with Kevin Costner's character. Right. But, again, not, not, to, sh- not to shit on Kevin Costner. He does a decent job. It's just... His character got took too much focus from Katherine Johnson's story, yeah. And but and then I also feel like Katherine Johnson's story is even though it's the main focus, I feel like both Dorothy and Mary also have powerful stories that oh, yeah. lost lost itself a little bit in Catherine's story. And not that that not that that's a bad thing, but it's you know I, I feel like it would have been more interesting to see all three of them have equal attention to their stories, but great film great acting uh 
directing by Theodore uh, Melfi is fairly solid. He wrote it yeah. with Alison Schroeder. It's all around. It's a fun movie. You know, yeah. go go out there, watch it. It's a good. Uh, it's just one of those fun yeah. space race films. I agree. I agree with all that. I I, I think that there is uh, a good half an hour that could have been added onto this film to focus on the three characters more. Uh, mm. and, but also to the same extent, I don't watch this movie and feel like it's it's missing any plot points. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just yeah. that I do, I want more. So I, I think it's yeah. a well-constructed movie for sure. And I give it a full face. I wish that there was a little bit less white savior stuff, but I, I, and I, I, I would have, I almost said, maybe that's a product of of the time, but really that wasn't that long ago, and I just don't think we need that anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, in, in our stories. So that's what I have to say about it. Still a very watchable movie. Um, go see it. So yeah, who who wins the who wins our our Black History <sighs> Month Part Two Threesome Part Two? You know. It's really hard. I think we both are in agreement that uh, Hidden Figures isn't quite quite up to the mark with the other two. But I I really really like the Malcolm X film. I really enjoy that movie. I think and, and you know I think Twelve Years a Slave. I don't know. Twelve Years a Slave might be a better movie. It's really hard for me to yeah, choose. Yeah, that's which I'm, I'm I'm gonna be honest. This is the most torn I've been on selecting a victor. Yeah it's it's strange because they they i feel like they hit the three parts that i look in for the winner one Mm -hmm. being the importance of the film i think they're both very important uh and and what the message is that they're trying to portray they are just both very well executed as as films and then the lastly i enjoyed them both immensely Mm-hmm. 12 years a slave is kind of hard to watch because of the violence but i don't think that's subtra- you know it definitely doesn't subtract to the the importance of the film because it is very important as i said while we were discussing it that we expose ourselves to stuff like that but i think i am going to say for that reason because i don't want to watch it over and over again i'm going to pick malcolm x spike these mountains nice i will come to a compromise then because i agree with everything you said i think uh malcolm x is the more entertaining film to be rewatched. right you know there's a lot to gather from it and there's you know both of them are equally powerful and again i i definitely think 12 years a slave is required viewing yes but again i think 12 years a slave is the better movie in regards to impact and so the compromise is i will choose 12 years a slave as the victor so that both of them win technically there you go (laughs) (laughs) okay there you go there you have it uh we definitely shouldn't be the end all voice of the victor of these movies anyways but for our show that's the format and we chose they both yeah there is there is no victor because like obviously i say all fil- all three films are recommended yeah, watching definitely. uh but for this but for the silly structure of our show you guys get it i hope <laughs> i hope we're sorry i 
honestly, I have to say, I, I'm happy that we did this. I don't think that we're going to stop focusing on black artists. You know, we're an entertainment opinion show. Everything in these episodes are our opinion. Should not be taken to heart as fact. Uh, and I, I just hope that somebody gets some use out of us making this our focus this month to open their eyes, to look at their neighbors and say, I love you. And I accept you for every, accept every you. facet of your being. Yeah, that's what I got to say. I've been the green traveler. And I am the face of Leon. Safe travels and good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks19. If you want to learn more information about us, check us out on Facebook. You can also check out the Facebook and Instagram accounts of FictionWorks19. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, or subscribe wherever you catch the show. Thank you all very much for listening.